a pastor, Henry Harder, and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to What's New. I'm Ed Peters. We continue today in Acts chapter 13, moving on to verses 6 through 12. We will now follow Barnabas and Saul from Salamis, where it appears that their ministry didn't have much success, at least there is no record of any, across to the other side of the island of Cyprus to the city of Paphos. Here, in the city of Paphos, they encounter satanic opposition through a sorcerer who had a tremendous influence on the Roman deputy, the governor of the island, Sergius Paulus. Now, here is a way that Luke describes this incident. Afterward, they preached from town to town across the entire island until they finally reached Paphos, where they met a Jewish sorcerer, a fake prophet named Bar-Jesus. He had attached himself to the governor, Sergius Paulus, a man of considerable insight and understanding. The governor invited Barnabas and Saul to visit him, for he wanted to hear their message from God. But the sorcerer, Elymas, his name in Greek, interfered and urged the governor to pay no attention to what Saul and Barnabas said, trying to keep him from trusting the Lord. Then Saul, filled with the Holy Spirit, glared angrily at the sorcerer and said, You son of the devil, full of every sort of trickery and villainy, enemy of all that is good, will you never end your opposition to the Lord? And now God has laid his hand of punishment upon you, and you will be stricken a while with blindness. Instantly mist and darkness fell upon him, and he began wandering around, begging for someone to give him his hand and lead him. When the governor saw what had happened, he believed and was astonished at the power of God's message. Perhaps the sorcerer had been doing some fancy tricks by the power of Satan. 
But we see here that Saul had been given the sign gifts of the apostles. At this time, there still was no written New Testament. Saul has his authority from the Lord Jesus, and he absolutely dominates the sorcerer by his message of the gospel. Sergius Paulus comes to the light. He has been in spiritual darkness, but now believes and is astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. It was probably in the first week of March in the year A.D. 45 that Barnabas and Saul arrived on the Isle of Cyprus on their way west to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the Western Gentile world. They disembarked at the northeast port of Salamis. They witnessed in the synagogue. From there they traveled across the island to the southwest corner to a city called Paphos, or New Paphos to distinguish it from the older Phoenician city nearby. New Paphos is modern Bapho, and the old Phoenician Paphos is modern Conclea. Old Paphos lay some 10 miles southeast of New Paphos and was famous for its Phoenician shrine of the goddess Ashtart. The Greeks adopted this cult under the goddess Aphrodite. New Paphos grew up as the port for old Paphos. It contained magnificent public buildings, shrines, and temples. Its temple to Venus, or Aphrodite, became particularly famous. All the immoral practices of the Eastern fertility cults, the Babylonian Ishtar and the Phoenician Ashtart, were carried on here. The same cult had spread west to Ephesus, where it was famous in the temple of Diana, one of the greatest celebrations in Paphos was called the Aphrodisia. It was a three-day spring celebration and included a parade between Old and New Paphos. The Aphrodite Temple of New Paphos, if the identification is correct, was a structure measuring 690 feet from east to west and 539 feet from north to south. It was to this city of New Paphos that Paul and Barnabas and their helper John Mark came. It was here where thousands came to worship Aphrodite, the goddess of war, of love, and reproduction, that the gospel came up against raw paganism. Interestingly enough, paganism didn't fare too well. Here is how Luke records it. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the sorcerer, opposed him and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elymas and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind, and for a time you will be unable to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. 
Sergius Paulus was proconsul of Cyprus. He had his sorcerer or magician. The Greek word used here is magos, from which we get magic. Interesting that when the gospel came to Samaria, Peter came up against Simon Magus, also a magician. Now Saul meets a sorcerer named Bar-Jesus, which means son of Jesus or follower of Jesus. Here was a renegade Jew involved in the occult. His name suggested that he was allied with some Jesus, but he was actually allied with Satan. Paul said to him, you are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. That's an interesting point that is very easy to miss. The devil is always an enemy and opposes everything that is right. I have heard those who are involved in the occult to speak of white magic, supposedly referring to all the good that the occult can do. What's wrong with that? We're doing good. Listen to Luke's words to this servant of Satan, to this man of the occult. Luke said, you are an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of deceit and trickery. When the occult does anything that appears to be right and humanitarian, mark it down, it isn't right, it isn't good. The devil only destroys, he never builds. Anything that may appear right is done to deceive and finally to destroy without exception. When Sergius Paulus expressed interest in meeting and talking to Saul, Bar-Jesus did all in his power to dissuade him. He knew that he would lose his favored position in the court if the truth were known. But the gospel was too much for paganism. Saul strongly rebuked the sorcerer and he was struck blind. Sergius Paulus believed and received Christ here is the first Gentile person of nobility to become a Christian at the beginning of Paul's first missionary journey. What a thrill that must have been for Paul and company. A comment about Sergius Paulus. He is called here by Luke the proconsul. Critics once thought that Luke was an error in calling him that. However, archaeologists found an inscription on a Greek coin at Soli, a city on northwest coast of Cyprus, and it contains the phrase under Paulus the proconsul. According to the chronology, that refers to the same Sergius Paulus whom Luke mentions here in Acts 13. The Bible is right after all. Luke was right when he called Sergius Paulus the proconsul in Paphos. This means that Cyprus was at that time a senatorial province. That is, Cyprus was under the control of the Senate. It became that in 22 B.C. Luke is noted for the use of correct official terminology. Proconsul, which means in the place of a consul, was the title of the Roman provincial governor, in this case of Cyprus. Here it was Sergius Paulus, who heard about Jesus from Paul and who accepted and believed in him. He became a believer, a Christian. The gospel had reached into the court of Ethiopia when that treasure, the eunuch, hearing the good news from Philip, believed. Now it had reached the governor of Cyprus. He believed. Nothing, certainly not the devil and the occult, could stop the Christians as they moved to the ends of the earth to fulfill the Lord's command.
Production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.